0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Dark FM Radio. We are currently... On the air... The Dixie Standards are coming thick and fast now. Here's the Bridge City Jazzmen's version of another favorite, Jada. Hail, you ghouls and goblins out there. You've tuned into Dark FM Radio. As always, I'm your host, James Blackbaum. If you've listened in before, then you know what we do. But if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Here at Dark FM Radio, we tell stories. And not just any stories. First-hand accounts of unexplainable and creepy experiences. Anonymous emails and letters from regular people who claim to have witnessed or experienced something from either the supernatural or just something that just quite can't be explained. If you're a fan of such stories, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be alerted whenever we're on the air. Tonight we have three bone-chilling stories to make you question what's really out there in the dark. Grab a drink, sit back, relax, turn off the lights, and join us. We'll call this first story, Lights Out. Since the day I was born, the city has been all I've ever known. The constant noise, bright lights, strangers and passing were my usual, and I never strayed far from the metropolitan area until I was thirty. Miami, to be exact, was my home. It was my friend's twenty-fifth birthday when the encounter took place. She decided to hit a local club with a group of girlfriends, and though my head was pounding and drinking was far from desirable to me at the time. I tagged along. The drinks weren't doing the job, either. Have you ever experienced a time when no amount of alcohol could get you drunk? It was one of those nights. Some say the cause of random heavyweight experiences stems from a sober mindset. Anyway, the drinks weren't hitting, and around midnight my head started to throb worse than before. Because of all this, I decided to leave early. Luckily, my apartment was only three blocks away from the club. People crowded the entire first block on my journey home. More bodies flooded the sidewalks than I'd ever seen, making me wonder if there was an event or a holiday that I was unaware of. By the time I reached the second block, nobody was around. The area I lived in was never that silent. Strangers were constantly pacing around, cars were always on the road, and loud music echoed from nearby clubs on any given night. The silence made me nervous. If anything were to happen to me, there'd be no witnesses, and that thought started to pick at me. Before reaching the third block, I stopped under a streetlight and lit a cigarette. As I did this, the light above me started to flicker. I ignored it and continued to smoke my cigarette where I stood there was a loud popping noise followed by instant darkness. The bulb had blown. And thinking nothing of it, I continued to walk home. Not even a minute passed by before I heard another popping sound behind me. Another streetlight went out. Weirded out, but not necessarily scared, I picked up my pace. The faster I walked, the quicker the lights went out. One by one, every spotlight I'd walked into called for yet another blown bulb. It was like I had powers that allowed me to absorb every ray of light in my path, leaving nothing but darkness. After five consecutive streetlights went out as I passed them, fear struck me like lightning. I started to sprint as fast as I possibly could repeatedly running towards the light just for it to go away. When I opened the stairway door to my apartment and took my first steps inside, I thought I'd be safe from whatever was happening outside. But I was wrong. As soon as I reached the second story of my building, exactly halfway to my unit, every light in the stairway started to strobe before sharply turning off. I was submerged in complete darkness. Unable to see the stairs before me, and despite being visionless, I ran. I ran right up the stairs, leaping over the steps frantically until I reached the door. There weren't any sounds or sightings to insinuate somebody had followed me. It was a matter of every light I passed just abruptly turning off. And everything went back to normal once I locked myself in my apartment. All the lights function normally, not flickering or turning off by themselves. I did burn sage regularly in my home, not for spiritual purposes, but just for the scent. Perhaps the constant burning of sage created a shield that blocked unwanted energy from coming into my home. I don't know. I haven't experienced anything relatively like that since, but it does make me wonder. What the fuck was that about? And why was it happening to me? Well, that story was not only dark figuratively, but it was also dark literally. Makes you wonder what's watching us when we're walking home alone at night. Our second story tonight comes from an anonymous email that we received recently shares a similarity with our previous story about walking home in the dark, but a little bit of a caveat. And we'll call this one, Woman's Best Friend. For women, the fear of walking alone at night is universal. The list of potentially dreadful outcomes is never-ending. That's why many of us carry pepper spray, a knife, or adopt a dog for protection. I bought an emotional support dog for my peace of mind as a woman who walks home from work every night. I've never faced danger while trekking alone, but I'm humbled enough to acknowledge that I can be vulnerable. I worked the late shift and closed the office at night, so, like every other night, I locked up and started heading home with my dog Jax by my side. The walk home takes longer with him since it's his last opportunity to go potty before bed. Our route ventures through downtown's Main Street, then down a well-lit alleyway for an additional mile to get to my apartment. While walking down the familiar alleyway, the marking point that home is near, Jack started aggressively barking in the direction we were heading. We came to a halt as I tried to see what he was warning me about, but I didn't see anyone or anything. It was only us. I assured Jax everything was all right and commanded him to stop barking. A brief moment passed before Jack started to bark again, only he pointed his body behind us as if we were being followed. I observed our surroundings very closely, wondering if there was something I wasn't picking up on. Jax was very well trained. He wouldn't bark if there wasn't a good reason to. After anxiously noting our surroundings from all angles, I again concluded that there was no danger and ordered Jax to be quiet. Less than a minute later, he started barking behind us again. Struggling to turn us around and face whatever followed, this time I ignored him and tugged on his leash to keep moving him forward with me not bothered to look back. That's what I regret. Not looking back. I pulled and tugged until eventually Jax let out a very loud, painful yelp. (coughs) I instantly stopped and turned my attention towards Jax, panicking at the thought that I had hurt him. But it wasn't me. A gruesome cut ran down the right side of his torso, his flesh exposed and blood spilling out onto the pavement. I ripped off my shirt without any forethought, tied it tightly around his ribcage to slow the blood spill, then threw him over my shoulder and ran to my car. We were fortunate to be about a quarter mile from home and to have my car keys on me because time was not on our side. The vet told us that we would have lost Jax if we made it to the hospital five minutes later than we did. It was a miracle that he'd even survived. They also said it was impossible to know what had cut him. There weren't any bacteria in his wound, metal, or glass shards. Nothing. Hass jokingly. Was he cut by the air? Sure seems like it, I replied. In all seriousness, the incident with Jax felt like a scene from a paranormal activity movie. His wound made it evident that danger was near all along. I couldn't see it. Since then, I've only driven to work and back, not willing to risk Jack's safety or myself getting hurt again. Well now, I don't know about you, but that story gives me goosebumps. I love my little dog, and couldn't imagine if anything happened to him. But sometimes things are out there that we don't even see. The good news is that Jack's survived, and they both moved on from this experience. Well, hopefully. Physically, maybe, but as far as mentally goes, sometimes you never truly get over it. Now, our next and final story will be sure to send chills down your spine. Have you ever seen something and then realized nothing was actually there, or heard something and went to investigate and found that there was nothing making the sounds, well, this next story, you'll see that sometimes things happen in our heads. Is it really just in our heads, though? Sometimes you just never know. We'll call this story the barn. (laughs) Greetings from my name is and I'm a fifth generation farmer from Mansfield. My life is relatively simple though. A farmer's life has its challenges. I wake up before sunrise every day and perform hard labor until sundown with the occasional help from my son. He recently turned 10 years old and is very involved in school and sports, so he only spends time around the farm on weekends. One typical weekend evening, my son, Jr., had an away soccer game that his mother took him to while I stayed home and tended to our livelihood. Once completing the day's work, I decided to enjoy a couple of drinks in the barn before heading inside. I don't have a drinking problem, but I have a whiskey bar set up below my hayloft for when I feel like rewarding myself for a hard day's work. It was one of those days; the late August sun was beating on me like no tomorrow, and I was exhausted and sore once it set below the mountain. After finishing my first glass, I heard a child's giggle echo above me in the loft. It was so vivid that I walked across the barn to get a good look and see if my son was sneaking up on me. No one was up there. So I checked my watch and noted that they wouldn't be home for about another hour. I must have been hearing things, I thought. I walked back to the whiskey bar, poured another drink, and I heard it again. Only this time... It was undoubtedly my son's voice, and in between the laughter, he shouted, Dad! (laughs) You guys home already? I asked, walking up the staircase to the loft. He didn't respond, and once I got up there, my son was gone. All right, Junior. I'm not in the mood to play hide-and-seek, I called out, though I kept it casual, I was astounded by the possibility of him not being upstairs. The only way in and out of the loft is the stairway. He didn't go down them to leave, yet he wasn't in the loft where I heard him. Starting to get a little spooked, I turned to walk back down the stairs, and that's when I saw my son run into the tool stall. How'd you get down there? I shouted, and his uncontrollable laughter echoed throughout the building. I rushed to the stall to ask him how he moved across the barn like that. But to my bewilderment, he wasn't there. I'm done playing with you, Junior, I said, now irritated. Stop running around the barn. Honey? My wife yelled, standing in the doorway, puzzling at me. Who's running around the barn? She asked. Junior, he keeps running around and hiding, and he's not listening to me either. "'No. Um, Junior's inside, waiting for us at the dinner table. "'I made lasagna before the game. "'Have to heat it up real quick,' she said hesitantly. "'Are you okay?' she asked with sincere concern. "'My heart dropped to my stomach. "'There wasn't just a kid running around. "'It was our kid. I saw him with my own eyes. "'It didn't make any sense.' "'So there's no chance in hell that Junior could have been here. Is that what you're telling me?' I asked. "'We just got home. Are you sure you're okay?' "'I'm fine,' I grunted, not bothering to explain further. "'I looked around the barn before heading out with my wife. "'There was no sign of him anywhere. "'It was as if I was indeed losing my mind.' When we got to the house, I saw Junior sitting at the dinner table, where my wife said he was waiting for us. I asked him if he was in the barn just now, and he said no. He'd been inside the house since getting home. So I let it go without additional questioning. But it still crosses my mind often. Why was I seeing my son if he wasn't there? And what was the cause of such a thing? The whole occurrence creeps me out. Well now, isn't that just strange? Seems like he was seeing things. Or was he? I guess we'll never know. Thank you for joining us tonight on Dark FM Radio. Credit to the book Unexplainable Happenings Chilling True Stories by Tom Lyons and Autumn Barnes. You can find those on Kindle if you enjoyed our stories, please subscribe so that you'll be alerted next time we're on the air. Be sure to keep the lights on and your eyes open. You never know what's out there in the dark. Thank you, and good night.